Welcome to the Business Processes Simplified podcast. It's your host here, David Jennings, and in a moment, we're going to chat with Navid Moatzitz. Now, Navid is an absolute master when it comes to running virtual summits. Now, it gets a little bit meta here because I recorded this episode with Navid as part of my business systems summit. And he's talking about running summits. So it's an episode about summits that appeared on a summit. Uh, You'll hear the full intro in a moment because it was recorded as part of that business system summit, as I just said, and and you'll get to hear Navid's bio. But I wanted to kind of give you a little bit of a a summary here. I'm a big fan of Navid's work. Um, As I said, I I use his particular system and he'll take you through step by step around getting a clear topic, picking your speakers crafting the virtual summit funnel, turning that summit into an evergreen uh, marketing system, knowing how to deliver and launch and grow the strategy. He'll take you through step by step. There's a lot to virtual summits. They are an incredibly powerful marketing tool, especially in the world that is now, you know, post COVID-19 and uh, a lot of people are, are working virtually and from home. Summits are a great way to market. So I'll let you jump into the episode. But before we do that, if you haven't yet grabbed yourself a copy of the Systemology book, you need to do that. Head over to System systemology.com forward slash book. This is my best work. It shows you how to create time, reduce errors and scale your profits with proven business systems. It is the system for systemizing your business and you can get it in whatever format you like. I know you like audio. That's why you're listening to the podcast. There is an audio book version or if you prefer to read it on a Kindle, there's a Kindle version or you can get the hardback as well. Long story short, you have to get yourself a copy of this book. Head over to systemology.com forward slash book. And without further ado, let's go ahead and jump into the episode with Navid. Welcome to the System Hub Podcast. Hola. Konnichiwa. Guten Tag. Where we interview world-class experts. You have to have a lot of passion for what you're doing. I was fanatical in my 20s. If you could find a way to produce a business that works without you, your life would change. Extracting, organizing, and optimizing their best systems and processes for rapid business growth. Now, let's get into the show. Welcome back to the Business Systems Summit. I'm your host, David Jennings, and in this session, we're going to be chatting with Navid Moasis. Now, what can I say about Navid? It's fitting to have him as the last person I'm recording as part of the summit because he's the person who taught me how to master virtual summits. He's a lifestyle entrepreneur who always seems to be in a new country every time I check in with him, whether it's the US, Barcelona, Cancun, or from his current base at the moment in London. He's got, uh, he got his start, I believe it was about five or six years ago, testing a range of different strategies to build an online business, getting really frustrated because there are just so many different options before he discovered virtual summits. And now he's just gone really deep on this one particular strategy. Since then, he's iterated his course, Virtual Summit Mastery, at least three or four times that I've seen. And I purchased it back before we ran our last Business Systems Summit. And then this time around, I've had my team go through the course again because he's done a complete revamp on it. And every time he does this revamp, it just pretty much ups his game from strategy to swipe copy, graphics, website templates. If you're thinking about running a virtual summit, you can't look past his course virtual summit mastery it's uh it's 
I think what I like about it most, it's just built on this solid foundation, this idea that the success of his students, that's his primary focus. He's got hundreds of case studies from people going from zero to hero or people with already established platforms just leapfrogging and growing dramatically. There's a solid Facebook group that's so active. I know Navid's very active in it as well. He's really just got this whole virtual summits thing dialed in. So if it's a strategy that you're not familiar with, I know you're going to love this session. So it's with great pleasure that I get to welcome Navid to the summit. Yeah, thanks so much. This was a great intro, by the way. So thanks so much for having me. And hopefully I can add a lot of value to everyone watching and attending this session. Oh, I know you will. I think I said it right at the start. Our challenge is going to be to, to keep this within the hour because you've got your full course, which there's, there's literally probably a week's worth of, of, of material here. So I want to try and stay quite high level and I want you to walk us through uh, your system for running virtual summits. But just before we dive into that, I'd love it if you could just explain maybe some of the problems and challenges that you see business owners have and how this particular system solves that for people. And then let's go through it step by step. Yeah, I mean, actually, just before we got on for this recording, I was speaking to someone. We, we do we have this also this coaching program we are running, and I do this call from time to time. So I get to actually speak <laughs> a lot with people. And this person in particular, he was working to create his online course, and I asked him, "Do you have an email list right now?" His answer was, "No, I don't." So I asked him, "But how are you going to sell?" this course. And he was like, yeah, I'm going to go to different groups and forums and all this. But that's to me is guessing. First of all, you're actually creating this program before you even know if someone's going to buy it. And I was in the same boat a few years ago. Actually, I, <laughs> I tried to create something. Didn't work as well because I had no audience. And basically what we are going to talk about today is going to solve all of that because we are working on creating the audience first, creating that email list and not just any email list. We're working on creating an email list of buyers that's what a summit can do because when you know you have a similar to this summit you're part of people are basically signing up for the summit and then you're prompted to also upgrade to a premium pass if you want lifetime access or unlimited access and some bonuses and stuff like that and that can be the starting point of that customer journey and then people go on to obviously buy other things you know there can be more premium products coaching membership sites can even be software. I mean, the list goes on and on. And then obviously the relationships with all these influencers, you can have joint ventures, you can, you know, have other partnerships, you can even get speaking gigs because of this. There are so many benefits and all these content you're creating from the summit can be repurposed around like I did, I was blogging and podcasting and doing a lot of things. A summit can turn into all of that. So I was like, you know, when I found out about summits years ago, I was like, this is like what I've been looking for because it can solve so many of the problems I was facing, but also a lot of other business owners. And then my audience, they started asking me, how did I do it? And that's kind of <laughs> led, led us to where we are today, you know, a few years down the road. You know, now, as you mentioned, we have reiterated and innovated in the space for a few years now. We have hundreds of students going through this process, yourself included here. So yeah, it's been a wild ride since then. I think what I like about it most is that idea that it just it's one activity that you can take that ticks so many different boxes. Like that's in business. There's so many different things you could be doing and you're never going to get it all done. So if you can find activities that end up solving multiple different problems while you work on this one thing, 
whether it's connecting with influencers, building up, you know, case studies and testimonials, building up audience, building the content. I know for the Business Systems Summit, we repurpose the heck out of the content off the back end. Ultimately, it'll end up feeding through to our podcast. We have our System Hub platform and all the members get the systems and processes that we document. So it's, for me, we previously, a lot of what I talk about in my book, Authority Content, is about running live events to do this. The the difference about doing the virtual event is you get to do it at a much larger scale and volume because you're hitting a global audience, you're bringing in multiple different speakers because it's not because you can do a lot of the work up front, all the pre-recording, it reduces a lot of the stress as well like running a live event, booking venues, making sure that everything goes smoothly on the day. There's a lot of moving parts there whereas this you can break it out over a, a few months. So it's definitely, you know, a, a core strategy for us. Yeah, I mean, just just kind of touching on this again, like with the, you know, in-person conferences, they are so expensive. It takes so long to put together, whereas a virtual summit is very effective. And also, if you want to do in-person conferences at some point, it's still very beneficial to, let's say, start out with a virtual summit because it's, as I said, cost effective. You can do it a lot quicker. You can also reach a lot more people. You can turn evergreen. So, you know, usually an in-person conference might be one or two days or three days and then it's over and that's all. Let's say you have sponsors on board. I mean, they, that's the all, all the exposure they get. They get the one to two, three days exposure. And in, some, in a virtual summit, you can actually, you know, you know, potentially turn that evergreen so you can actually keep running it or relaunch the same summit with, you know, reiterations with new speakers and stuff like that. And then you can get more benefit out of it. And that same if you bring on sponsors, which is a whole different game, which we started actually teaching more in our process, Virtual Summit Master, when I saw myself, we had success with it in kind of promotional sponsors. Then we got students getting like, four to multiple five-figure sponsorship deals for virtual summits. And that was usually, you know, exclusive to just kind of in-person conferences. But now they're looking more into these virtual conferences and virtual summits as well. Yeah, it's just, I think particularly with someone, if they've got a marketing brain or even just a business brain, once you start moving in and you start doing these, the opportunities start to present themselves and things that you might not have even thought about. There are these unintended opportunities and connections that you make all in the lead up, let alone what happens post the event as well. So yeah, I I love it. So let's go through. I'd love to, if you can walk us through the steps that someone would go through to set up one of these virtual summits. So what's step number one? How do you get started? Yeah, I mean, there's basically the foundation. Get clear on your topic. And I would say, go really specific with your topic. Make sure it's a unique hook and you position it well. I think that's kind of the key there, like really in the very beginning and coming up with a good offer too. Like you need to have a good offer so you can turn basically a stranger into a buyer. And that's kind of at least my goal. I mean, I, obviously I want to build my list and usually kind of in the past, I mean, summits has been around even longer since I, way before I started doing summits, but we have innovated a lot. So my goal is not just to build an email list, but it's to build an email list of buyers very quickly. Because if I can do that, they are way more likely to purchase our premium products and services, coaching and stuff like that from us. So that's kind of if you set the foundation right in the very beginning, I think you can do that. Then what I mean when I said like, uh, you know, niche down really until it hurts, is like not just go with, let's say a broad fitness summit or, 
a business summit, but rather going more specific. So you can go into not just strength summit, but maybe a women's strength summit or like Mitch Asser, he did the fasting summit. He basically took him a little, a few iterations, but then he came up with a niche that worked in a very competitive niche, by the way. So if you, there's many markets as well, that are not as competitive. Maybe summits hasn't been done. Maybe there's not as many courses, but I would say look for markets where there's opportunity to go into because otherwise, you know, there needs to be some people doing something and selling courses or coaching or doing something. And then even if there hasn't been some summits in there, that could be a good way, good opportunity for you to go into. I've seen, I see plenty of markets like this, especially in the professional space and in many consumer niches as well. I see like a lot of opportunity to just dive in and dominate those because people simply, they don't know marketing. And if you know how to do stuff like this, which we are talking about, you can just go in there and just crush it right out of the gate. Yeah. And I think if you've got an established business already, thinking in terms of what are the problems that are going on in the head of your target audience and then coming out with a summit that helps to solve that particular problem. Like when I think about business systems and processes you know that's a perfect fit for our platform system hub so we've got a software as a service off the back end and people struggle oftentimes just getting version one of their systems down so just understanding a little bit upstream what that big pain point is and then basically having the summit as a way to remove that pain point and then a big thing that you teach i know is then off the back end of the summit then you can obviously introduce them if you've got an established business through to your products and services so Picking that, that's, that's, that topic yeah, is key. That's what we did with Chandler Bolt. And I, that's kind of when I started with this. Like no one was doing this actually a few years ago. But <laughs> I was like, why, why don't people promote something in the back end and kind of actually monetizing more? And then we started basically, the more aligned your summit is with whatever you want to sell in the back end, kind of touching upon what you said, that's the better basically. So his mm-hmm. summit was called the Self-Publishing Success Summit. And his product is called self-publishing school. It's basically an online course. Now he says coaching and stuff like that. And that worked really well for, you know, getting people into the summit. They got an amazing value there. So that's also really important to do. I don't like summits with a bunch of pitch fest. I know there's summits out there that do that. We focus on really actionable content on our summits. And then people are very intrigued. They get so much value. So they really want to work with us. Or, I mean, in some cases, we also send people to our speakers. So it kind of goes both ways. It's kind of what we are teaching is built on this like win-win-win framework. It's, uh, you know, win for you. Obviously, you're going to build your list and get, you know, buyers from this. It's also a win for your speakers and a win for your audience, obviously, who are getting some amazing content. So that's very important. That's kind of how the Virtual Summit Mastery Method is built up from the very beginning. So once you've got that topic and you're clear on that, what's step number two? Yeah, I mean, when you have that, and usually people skip through the first step because it's kind of boring, right? <laughs> you, you probably, maybe you know, you think you know your topic or you think you know what you're going to do or how you're going to position it. But, you know, it's really important. Get the first foundation right and then you move on to kind of getting your speakers. But even before you start reaching out and, you know, trying to get everybody, make that dream 100 list or like a wish list. They usually like 100 people usually works pretty well. I mean, if you're in a smaller space, maybe you can start with 50. But I think 100 people is pretty good. Whatever niche you're in, you should probably be able to find 100 experts, it doesn't mean that you need to actually go out there and reach out to every single one. It's just kind of the early stages of this research. And then you go out after you've done this, you have identified some people. Basically, you can go podcasts and you can, you can see kind of where people are hanging out. You can search in Google. You can see kind of different launches going on in your industry, even summits. You can see who's on summits and 
And podcast is really, is really powerful because they are obviously used to speaking and they probably have a mic and maybe even a webcam. So they didn't know how to do that. So if you can find it, and podcasts are on every single topic pretty much. So it's pretty good odds that your topic will be covered there. So, you know, just go to, I mean, it's, I think it's Apple Podcasts now, actually. So I think that's a good way to kind of find some or Spotify, whatever you, you listen to podcasts and just check them out basically. And that's kind of a good way to start finding some influencers in your space if you don't, you're not too familiar already. And then you go out there and basically choosing the right speakers from this list you have created. And that can be a little bit challenging, but I would kind of look for alignment with what you want to do and kind of obviously audience size you have. We talked talk about something called kind of the three different levels of influencers. We have A-listers, they kind of celebrity influencers, trusted authorities, and up-and-comers. So we have just different there's nothing in ranking or anything. It's just kind of where they are at the level of influence in the, in the, in the space. And then you, I would recommend if you're starting out going for more trusted authorities, up and comers, because usually the A-listers or celebrity influencers, they're very difficult to kind of get to promote your summit, especially if you're starting out, you don't have a ton of influence or, you know, benefits to bring to them right away. I think that's more powerful. They will still bring their, their name to your summit if you get them on board. So it's still powerful to get them. And you can sometimes even retarget for Facebook ads and stuff with very big fan pages. So still powerful to get some of them on board, not too many necessarily. And then having kind of the rest, trust authorities and up-and-comers. I think that's a good way to put it. Just make sure they're aligned with whatever you want to do, not just because they're a big name. They might not be the perfect fit. And then you're going to basically going for the ask. Usually what I would recommend is that you are a little bit on the radar. So you can start with something I call the ladder strategy. So basically starting with some people you know. So get a few yeses and then start reaching out to some influencers like we are an email and I don't know every single one personally that I reach out to. And I know we have a lot of beginners in our program that they don't know anyone basically in the niche. And we have people, you know, who know more people. So it, it works, you know, for anyone basically to get influencers or speakers. I mean, I get no's to this day from people. They might not be a good fit right now or it's not a good time. But it's usually you don't really get shot down or anything when you do this. You know, you just kind of go for the ask. You just kind of in the email, you would like have some benefits kind of why you want them to speak, just keep it very kind of straightforward, not too long the email or anything like that when you're reaching out that way. And then just name drop some of the people you have on board that, and especially powerful if they know, if the influencer you're reaching out to might know some of the people that you'd name drop in the email, basically. And that's usually will lead to a yes for me. And I mean, I get, you know, pretty quickly responses, but again, you need to follow up. The fortune is in the follow up. So that's kind of how you get most of the people like with a follow-up e- email and then you can get on a call with them to kind of confirm details, especially with the trust authorities and the up-and-comers. That's kind of the process for getting the speakers and, you know, really getting them to commit to being part of the summit and obviously schedule the session and stuff like that. I know as well, the way that you approach it, really approaching it with this idea of the long game in mind and making sure that you're very respectful of your speakers, making sure that you're there to deliver value and get them in front of an audience, give them a platform and make sure that you act with class all the way through. Because like you said, the fortune is in the follow-up. This is the second time that we've run the Business Systems Summit. And the first time we did the Dream 100, as you said, we outreached to some of the A-listers and some of the A-listers had said no because at that point we hadn't really got any runs on the board. I've circled back around, hey, now this is the second time we've run this event. A good example of that is John Warillo, who in our space is kind of like 
big into the idea of building systems and processes with the idea of, of building a business to sell it. He's written a book called Built to Sell. First time, yeah. no. Second time, yes. And it was all yeah. about that consistent, just keeping on his radar and then when the time is right, coming back around again. So this that's the other yeah. thing I'm finding the second time around the summits kind of end up snowballing. The first one's always the hardest, but then this next one, it gets easier. Now we just keep on upping the game because we've got a lot of resources to leverage off. We've already got a lot of relationships. We've got, now we can go back to, that was another thing I did for this summit. I think I only had two people who I had, Actually, you you fall into that camp as well. I'm sure I asked you for the first one, and <laughs> then we did got... follow up a few times with me. I I, I was gonna <laughs> say that actually, you did follow up. So I'm I'm a good example. I mean, yeah. I'm I'm being, you know in, I mean influencer expert. I'm about traveling, so we, I I I was always gonna do it. Just have to set that straight. But like we we have a lot of different emails coming in, so I, I that's very important to follow up with people. And then as you said. If you do your first summit, you might not get everyone you want, but for maybe the second one or the third summit, you keep doing it. It gets a lot easier. And obviously, I, I don't think you had all our templates and stuff actually for the first one you did. I, I think that was some no. 2.0, and now we came out with 3.0, obviously, in the last year or so. And now, it's obviously, it's so much better. Everything is like, I mean, it wasn't even good with 2.0. Now, yeah. it's just like, you always know, like plug and play, and you can just use everything we have created. <laughs> I think what I like about it is because I've personally not gone through every section of the course, but what I do is I get my team to go through it. I've got two assistants that are going through kind of helping managing a lot of the logistics and I'm getting them to hop into my course, into the course, your course, go through the modules and then report back with the email templates. Oh, we should do this now or that now. So it's, it it works. Yeah. It's, it's just very, I've had, I've had a few people do this, like, especially when they, you know, maybe you want to focus on, I mean, you, obviously you're doing the sessions now. So, I mean, that yeah. takes, that's obviously one of the more, that's actually fun to do as well. I think that's one of the more, if you like to connect with people and learning a lot of stuff, this is one of the most fun things to do, to do these sessions, but it also takes more time to do, obviously. So if you want to focus on this and the, you know, the relationship building and all this, that's obviously it takes a lot of time. So if you have a team already, you can obviously just kind of have them go through a program like mine or whatever or implement yeah. kind of the technical aspects of it. But you also have people starting out. Like, I mean, I was a few years ago and I just kind of did everything myself. I mean, I had no program and I started like 2014. But, uh, you know, now just kind of people go through the program on their own and then maybe later they have like a BA or something to implement certain steps because it is very much process focused. We even give processes and a lot of systems that we have created and basically hand it over to our students. So I think that's very handy for obviously the topic we're talking about here today. Yeah, now it works really well. So once we've identified these speakers, we've done the outreach, we've started to get some yeses. I mean, some of them you're just going to go ahead and schedule and do your interviews and those sorts of things. Yeah, what yeah. I don't know if that's the next step. Yeah, what do you see as the next step after that? I mean, kind of in between. I mean, during as you're reaching out to speakers, like at the same time, like while you're doing this, because obviously, t- I mean, you can, I mean, you can do all a lot of outreach in like one or two days, but then it's about kind of like you know managing when people respond to you and stuff like that. That's you know just getting them on, let's say, a quick chat if that's relevant, and they can obviously you know see how you can add value to them. That's usually something we teach in virtual summit mastery, and I do really successfully. I mean, I get people on a quick call. Usually, we get very high. You know, percentage of those people to promote. And that's not the only reason we could do kind of quick chats with people, but it's just kind of to build that relationship and rapport with someone, especially if I haven't talked to them before. But even if I'm 
you know, friends with them. I tend to do that to kind of, you know, I, I, I set the tone of what topic and stuff like that I want to talk about. And also I can ask how, how I can support them and also maybe how I can get them on board for promoting the summit as well. So that, that's pretty powerful. It's not always I do it, but you know, when I do it, it's been pretty powerful to just kind of get them on board for this. And then kind of, you know, while you're doing all this, you can actually start developing the, you know, VSM or, you know, the virtual summit funnel, the pages and all yeah. of this. And we obviously give, <laughs> give templates in virtual summit mastery. I try to explain it as best I can here in a simplified format since I don't really share screen here, but really what it comes down to the most important page is always the summit registration page, the landing page where people can register for free. And then the next step after they register for, we obviously explain a little bit about the summit on there and it looks really high quality. The design is important. So you cannot just come with a crappy summit because you want to make sure your speakers, they are shown in a very good way. And I know you have done a very good job with this, David, and it looks great. <laughs> the summit, I, I, I saw you posted something in the BSM Facebook group and yeah. you, you got some good feedback there and some people liked it and I myself included. So good job on the design. I Thank think you. that's one of the most important things when it comes to actually standing out as well. It's not only, I mean, the content, obviously when people get in there, but that's not the first thing they see. They see your pages first. I mean, that's basically when, when someone is promoting your summit or you're promoting, let's say, have your own email list, they see your landing page. So if you have a good page, obviously it's going to convert to, but we have a proven process for this, basically a section by section. And it's like, you know, you have obviously the speakers up there, they sign up. The next step is really a one-time offer for purchasing not just the recordings, a lot of people just sell the recordings, but it's more of an kind of an experience. They get the premium pass or an all access pass, which is the recordings are included in there, but you can actually have some other things too that can be, you know, an action guide, it can be transcripts, can be audio, can be anything else, bonuses from speakers as well, can be some bonus libraries, some behind the scenes, can be a lot of different things included in that. And that's basically you need to think about something that's kind of not necessarily kind of really the next step for people, but at least helping them implement what is on the summit. I think that's important because on the free summit, they're getting the sessions for a limited time. So like 24 hours from when something goes live, then it expires and then they can only be accessed in the premium pass or the all access pass, right? The recordings. So that's kind of very important to have a very strong offer. So I, I don't know what you, maybe you can share a little bit, David, what you create for, for this summit so people can get an idea. The biggest selling point for what we offer is we take all of these sessions, I give them to my team and then we create documented SOPs and systems for each of the different sessions. So basically, you know, at the end of this session, we will create a summary that then goes along with the session, which then makes it very easy for someone to share. You know, they can add it into their own system hub account or wherever they're storing their systems and processes. They just put it into their account, start to customize it and make it their own. So it's a collection of 50 best practice systems and processes. There are some other things we offer, some courses. And, you know, a couple of years ago, I ran a workshop around outsourcing. So we include that in the membership area. So, yeah, it's really just about thinking, The problems I know the business owner has as they start to systemize their business, there's a range of them and I try and solve them in the premium pass area. So so it's a very strong offer. No, I love that. I mean, there's so pieces. I mean, that's a game changer pretty much. I mean, if you have a team to do it, like just creating this, I mean, or someone take notes or something that that's kind of can help. We had that for kind of one of our summits before we basically had someone just really randomly reach out and took notes for every single session. And we put that together in action guides for 
this summit, we didn't, someone was working on the, for list building school 2.0 that we, that we're running that, you know, you can check out as well. That's actually an evergreen summit, which is something we also teach in BSM. That's a whole different, another ball game. And you can actually run a summit live first and turn it evergreen, which is something we can talk about a little bit later on in this session as well, if you're interested, but (laughs) it's a lot of things you can do with this and with offer and, you know, doing things. I mean, we did transcripts. It's not as valuable i think as you know action guides or something but still so if someone wants to read it it's still valuable and for me personally i did the transcripts because we want to repurpose the content so that's <laughs> kind of why i spent the two three grand to transcribe everything with rev.com for for our summit. yeah so i think that step that we're up to now is all just the free really basically the paid that's basically the summit funnel yeah. strategy like to get yeah. there's more pages involved obviously you need a speaker page you need Kind of, there's a different pages, obviously, you need. And you can also have one-click upsells, you know, a bump offer. There's a lot of different things you can do. For example, for the checkout page, we use Thrive Cards. We have like a bump offer. And then you can have a one-click upsell. There's many things you can do. I wouldn't overly stress about having everything in place if you're just starting out with this. If you already have a business and already have done some of this before in your experience, certainly you can have a one-click upsell. I think a bump offer, anyone can do pretty easily. That can be... Something like we had for List Building School 2.0, we're running, we basically have a swipe vault, which is really valuable. You can have an action guide or session notes or something there. You can like take out something that you might have included in the All Access Pass that is almost too valuable to just include for free and then sell it for like $27 to $37. Like whereas the All Access Pass is usually $67 to $97 or depending on the industry, of course, can be different prices. But usually what we do is have $67 to $97 for All Access Pass and then basically 27 to 37 or so for kind of a bump offer, so to speak. And then the one-click upsell can go up a little bit from there. So yeah, there's, there's a lot of different strategies that goes into this, but I think that can just increase that order value instantly, which is very powerful. And then obviously you can spend more advertising, you can get more benefit to your affiliates because they get more commission, so on. So <laughs> that's yeah. what we do. Yeah. So this bit, really, it's about, I suppose, getting that tech right, getting the key pages, thinking about how you're going to deliver the content, thinking about the shopping cart, that flow. And I think you're right. Like for me, version one of the Business Systems Summit was just to get the bare bones down, deliver something of good value, get a great result. The second time round, that's when you see things differently with fresh eyes and then you start to go, okay, well, you know, well, now we add the bump offer for, you know, the recordings from the Business yeah. System Summit 1. We did right. that as a bump offer and then upsells and downsells and it makes all the difference then on the back end and I think yeah. the experience for the, the attendee as well because it's all about solving their problems. So right. if you add that into the card and at each step you're just solving a problem, you're actually yeah. helping them. I think out of like almost, we have, I mean, as I said, we're running List Building School 2.0 Evergreen, so we didn't push yeah. it as hard. So we basically constantly promoting like List Building School 1.0. We did like during the summit, we did about one, 2,100 new customers for the All Access Pass alone. And we did about, I mean, shy of like about 26,000 people signed up. For this one, we didn't have as many because I, I expect I didn't push the affiliates as hard. So for the first kind of live promo right now, we didn't have as many. But what we did, we got still, you know, with the bump offer, we got like 700, 800 sales. Like, I mean, that's just from this and that doesn't count back in sales or anything like this. So we actually, the conversion rate was so much better because we included kind of the extra elements like the bump offer. We had the one-click upsell and we have 
two or three refunds out of all of this. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. And they, for them, it wasn't simply a good fit. But I was like two. Re- I think it's like two refunds. It's like really few refunds. I was actually surprised to not see anything. But I mean, the content is really good. So. I guess that's why. Put a link through to the list building school. I, I actually just signed up to the, to the list building school 2.0. It happened to be as we're preparing for this summit. So I'm just eagerly waiting to be able to go through all the content yeah. after the dust settles with the business systems summit. But I'll put a link through yeah. there because I think you've been purchased. I mean, you, you went through the funnel. So you can, you could see it. I don't know if you signed up again, but I mean, it's good to, it's good to see it. I mean, I've, that, that's that's a good way to do it. I recommend my students doing that, obviously signing up and see it. But still, I mean, a lot of people, they ask me if, it, I mean, they can't even guess that how it's done because it, I, I, I joked on a coaching call I had recently, it would be very hard to funnel hack or, you know, Russell Brunson, you know, funnel hack to go through this because there's so many things that are going on behind the scenes. So even if you do go through it, you'll probably miss more than half of it and <laughs> because there's so many different things that goes on behind the scenes that we have set up for an evergreen. That's a really advanced thing. Yes. It's a lot easier to kind of from the start just do a live summit. It's not as many technical aspects that you need to think of that goes into it, but it's still obviously everything <laughs> you know you have implemented from Virtual Summit Mastery. So then kind of the next step is to turning it evergreen or having kind of a relaunch strategy for for the summit once you have done it. But yeah, yeah, I don't know if you wanted to move on to step four after kind of the funnel strategy. Yeah, let's do it. Tell us about the next step. That's basically what we are doing right now. (laughs) It's the summit sessions, right? Summit session strategy or kind of when you get into the interviews for the summit, that's what step four is. Because now you have gotten the speakers or at least hopefully you have most of the speakers on board. You probably have a good foundation for your pages, you know, ready and stuff like that. And now it's time to, kind of get down to doing the interviews. You should also have scheduled them, obviously, before that. This kind of goes into step two to kind of schedule the sessions and booking that in. And obviously, any reschedules, you know, to take care of that. But now, research, like, a tip for this, like, to make sure the content is really actionable. You kind of, well, you're you're doing a great job here. So kind of walking through a system. I mean, I have a seven-step process for virtual summit mastery, and that's basically kind of what we are going through here in in a rapid format, like, so as much as we can cover but that's a good way to kind of give people an introduction so they can still get some actionable content in a 30 minute session or a one hour session i think that's the most important thing so no experts can it would be impossible to share all the knowledge in 60 minutes at least they wouldn't be (laughs) i mean i can talk for days about what, what i know and i'm sure most experts can do the same so what it comes down to is to kind of distill that information in a you know concentrated format so even if it's a 25 minute or 30-minute session, it should feel really actionable so they can actually get some value out of this. And that's how I design all my sessions. And what it comes down to is that you do some research, that you actually you are prepared when it comes to the session. And usually what I recommend is that you have actually researched the speaker so you actually don't ask them what topic necessarily they want like hey what do you want to speak about like you come with a suggestion and that's usually what you do in the early stages when you get in them on board and you have and then you look more impressive to them because you you have followed them for a little bit and you know what they're interested in talking about rather than just you know throwing it out there hey what do you want to talk about that doesn't sound like you actually follow them for a while so that's kind of a key ninja strategy that you can implement so they actually know that you have actually followed them for a little bit and you know what they are doing so that's kind of the main thing there to make sure you have researched them and then kind of list down some questions if you're new to interviews and stuff like that and then what you need to do, obviously, make sure you have a webcam, make sure you, you know, know you have a decent mic or something like this and use Zoom to record. I mean, that's kind of 
where most people start, I think. I mean, I use a little bit higher quality when I do my sessions these days uh, with like uh, live streaming software and stuff like that. But that's something you can kind of graduate to as you go. And, you know, you can do that over time. Like I, I know some students in my program started with Zoom and now they're getting more interested to do more high quality. And it is possible, just more techy to do it. That's why I wouldn't stress about this in the beginning. Zoom will be more than fine with like a Logitech C922X or C930 or whatever it is. And then I'll, you know, mic could be, what, what's it called? <laughs> Audio-Technica ATR2100. I even remember the name. So <laughs> that's how many times I've said it. <laughs> yeah, I think one other thing that's worked really well for me, and it was to do with, like you said, researching and knowing the speaker just prior to doing the session. I'll give a really great intro where I deliver a lot about the backstory so that we can jump straight into the content. And it yeah. kind of sets the frame up, it positions the expert really, really well, and it makes everything flow because they feel like, hey, this person cares enough to have done that research. Oh, yeah. you, you did a great intro, actually. That's important. I mean, you didn't just read off some, you have, maybe I don't know if you had some notes or you just kind of memorized, obviously, you know, you know me <laughs> since a little while, so it probably wasn't the hardest one to do, but like you, that's kind of what I would recommend. So if you have a bio, I wouldn't recommend reading, unless they really want you to read that bio and they're like really particular mm. about it, which maybe some influencers can be. That's, that's, I have never had it happen to me, but maybe, maybe you will. Who knows? Then obviously read it. But otherwise, kind of try to make it sound a little bit more organic, like that you have maybe some kind of relationship. Otherwise, it sounds like just that. You're reading something and it doesn't sound as personal. I think that's uh, there's a better intro to give when it sounds a little, a little bit more spontaneous and you actually sharing something you feel you can, the audience can feel the excitement a little bit more similar to what you did here David when you introduced me in the beginning yeah yeah so as we transition to that next step so you've, you've at this point the person going through this process has nailed some quality interviews and they've got their tech set up what do they do next yeah, it's kind of comes down to the step five is basically the delivery strategy. And I mean, I have a lot of this listed in kind of a cheat sheet as well. I don't know if you want to link yeah, that somewhere. Else. Yeah, we can link we'll to that. It, but so basically, it's a delivery strategy. It's the automations, the emails and all this. So you might have a convert kit or active campaign. I like using active campaign. Convert kit is great too. A lot of our students use it. So we create basically email automations for a lot of this stuff. And it's basically just kind of setting all this infrastructure up. So you can, obviously, with different tools, you can automate more than others. Like Convertly is a little more basic. Active campaign, you can kind of automate pretty much everything. And it's some really cool stuff you can do. So basically setting all this up for your summit so you can, you know, have a less stressful experience because any launch, there's something that can happen and come up and stuff like that. So you want to make sure this is set up. You have your emails set up and kind of the, you can start uploading, obviously, you know, all the files and stuff like that to, you know, the, the Vimeo and all this, all this stuff should be done before you get into the launch phase. And that's kind of the next thing we move into. But yeah, that's really kind of getting clear on the email automations is the main thing you're focused on in step five, I would say. That is a big one. I don't know how much you yeah. want to get into that. No, that, that's good. I mean, the biggest thing, I think, if you get all of that stuff set up first, straight after you do the interviews, then what that does is that frees you up to focus on the promotion. So it's so key to have, you know, yeah. a nice sequence when someone opts in and, and does the job of upselling through to the premium pass and you've got yep. 
everything set up for your affiliates. So there's a nice, you know, smooth process from sign up to getting in to getting, you know, what it is that they need to promote. So it's all getting a lot of those sequences in place. I know we actually used a lot of the email templates in uh, Virtual Summit Mastery and customized yep. those and then loaded those into our... I even used them myself, so that's how good they are. <laughs> <laughs> so. I mean... I mean, uh, you know, we, you can use them for a lot of different things. That's why, I mean, I say to anyone who wants to do a summit, of course, I mean, some people, they can't afford it, you know, you know, it's a premium program, right? But I, I say to anyone, you need those templates. You need all the things because you're going to save so much time, especially if you're going to make this part of your business and do summits like you are. I mean, you're, you're doing multiple summits now. So it's not that hard to get an ROI on something like that, to be honest. Yeah, <laughs> that makes sense. So then, all right, yeah. then we transition to, to step number Six or seven now? Yeah, it's, it's basically step number six is after you've set up the kind of infrastructure, the emails and stuff like that, then it's the launch. I mean, basically what I call is the launch strategy, the VSM launch strategy to, you know, the launch playbook essentially for the summit. So there's many different things you can do here, but you don't have to do everything. I would say focus in on what really can move the needle for your business and for your summits, I would say kind of the 80-20 rule, right? You don't have to do everything here. I mean, it's really, mm-hmm. <laughs> really just a few key things you should focus on. And that's usually for most people would be speakers and partners. I think, especially when you're starting out, you maybe don't have as much budget to just spend on cold traffic with Facebook ads or Google ads and all this or YouTube ads, whatever it is. Then you want to focus on getting your speakers and partners and pr- sponsors, whoever that is, to promote for you. That's a key thing. If you have your own email list, Obviously do that. I mean, then you have kind of your own network and social media following. You got to promote it all you can there. But what's really going to, you know, get you the email subscribers is that the main thing is like the, the, the speakers and partners for most people, I would say here. And then you can amplify that with Facebook ads and some other things. That's kind of what we are doing. But, you know, we have your own list. Actually, most of the sales for my you know, for my summit, that's, that's very interesting, actually. Maybe, you do, I don't know if you've mm. seen that for your summit is that most of the sales come actually from my own list because I have a very, obviously I have a very engaged list. So when you have built up a list, you can actually use a summit to activate your existing email list, which is amazing. Like you can get, I mean, I'm getting hundreds of sales for, for my own email list and, you know, hundreds and hundreds of sales from my partners and for, you know, previous summits, I'm getting thousands of sales for, you know, over time. So it's pretty cool like to you know be able to have a summit and you can actually get both aspects you get more new email subscribers and act- activate and basically turning you know just kind of email subscribers on your list into buyers or repeat buyers they can also have purchased from you before and now they purchase again because you have a killer offer out there so that's also very powerful so just wanted to get that out of the way but then Getting into kind of the promotion with speakers and partners, just make it easy for them. I think that's the main thing you want to do. Like provide them the swipe copy and provide them, you know, you know, communicate. Communication is honestly key. And when you do things like this, I mean, I can share a story for Brian. He was hosting this, uh, you know, a summit for nonfiction authors. And uh, <laughs> it was, uh, or yeah, that was, that was really, really it was really hard for I think it was no, it was fiction. I think it was for fiction actually. So it was even, you know, not even something that people, you know, spend a lot of money on or anything like this. It was like really interesting. It was like in the authors or something like this. And he was like asking me, why is, I'm not getting the email subscribers yet. It was like the day one or day two of the promotion. I was like, have you communicated with your speakers? And the answer was, 
yes before, like a few months ago. They were like, mm-hmm. <laughs> they're like, yeah, I mean, they said, yes, they're going to promote it. And, he, and then I said, yeah, but you need to follow up with them. And he did that. And he went basically like from almost like, let's say a quote unquote failed summit. I mean, it's not really failure if you just keep going, but in his case, it could have been to him a failure, but he, he just kind of reached out to these speakers and then he got 4,000 opt-ins and well over $30,000 in revenue. That was basically more than he's ever made in his entire life anywhere, like job or anything. That was like insane for him. So that's like changed a lot for him in that particular niche which is not really something, it's not really that people spend a lot of money there. So it was really, it's really a killer offer with great speakers he had on board and he could activate those speakers and partners to come on board to promote for him. So I think just make it easy for people and follow up and you can do pretty well with this, especially if you have, you're doing it with, the, with great intentions and stuff like that. I think that's the most important thing. Like make it sure you can make it a win for the speakers. They are highlighted. You can promote the lead magnet and all this kind of stuff. Yeah, I think big thing that we're doing, like I see my job as well is to do the absolute best I can with any of the traffic that comes through to the site to convert them. So, you know, we will get those strategies, whether it's remarketing, we're doing some Facebook and some AdWords. Uh, We're also doing some other little promotional strategies to get the people to the website and then we obviously let the funnel do its work to then upsell them into the premium pass so that way the speaker all they have to do is think about getting people to a a great free high quality event and that's very easy to share it's super powerful to be fair like because they're most of the people i mean depends the industry of course but a lot of people there are just used to pushing like paid products right away. I mean, this is like, okay, they're like, basically they're sending people their free event and right away they have a certain percentage to upgrade. We got incredible. We had for list building school 1.0, I think we had about 9%, 9 to 10% upgrade. I think for, for this one, we have even higher, especially, I mean, if you count a bump offer even more, but around 12%, I think it might be even more for some affiliates. They have like 20 to 24% or so. It's insane. Mm. The conversion rate for some partners and, Overall, the conversion rate actually just skyrocketed from what we've done before. And if you count all the other things we had in the funnel, it's so much better and so much more profitable. Like even our, we didn't do Facebook ads in a very high scale. We just did retargeting so far for this version we're running, but still we have doubled basically. We have the 2XRI basically. It's just pretty cool. And then opt into the free summit, like we're seeing at the moment sort of between 20, 25%. So it's, um, and that's just on that first visit. So um, I'll keep an eye and see how we go once the remarketing kicks in as well. But again, just- Is that from warm traffic or is that from, I mean, is it from partner traffic or what's that from? Yeah, it's it's all, it's warm. We haven't turned on the like- I think you can, I mean- I mean, we can talk offline about this, but usually you can get, I mean, it's a little bit different. Depends the traffic you're getting. Yeah. But you can certainly, if you have really targeted traffic, you should be able to get like the, the registration page conversion rate from someone hitting the page. Yes. Could be even 40, 50%, even yeah. up to 60% in some cases. So you can increase that a lot. But again, if you're getting lower percentage, it could also be that the quality is opting in. They're very high quality. So I've seen even some examples of like webinar pages, like with Sam Ovens and stuff, who's you know testing a lot of different things. Actually, they don't want the highest conversion rate on yes. opt-in pages because they want the quality. For example, if you sign up for an evergreen webinar, 
it could actually benefit you to have a lower conversion rate on the page because actually you're getting, you know, the people opt in, they are more likely to buy from you. And that's kind of how he's looking yes. for a little bit. I don't know all the details there, but that's kind of what I've heard. So it could be beneficial for a summit. Usually though, you're looking for quite a high conversion rate because it's a lower yes. price offer. So it's a little different in terms yeah. of what I'm looking for. for Definitely a with the, yeah. and then the conversion similar to what you were saying, like we're seeing a, a little bit above 10% at the moment who are then taking up for the upgrades. Yeah. yeah, and we're going. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think that's killer. And you can also, I mean, it's really difficult for a live. I mean, your summit is running live, so it's a little bit difficult to yes. test a lot of different things. But yeah. that's what yeah. I love that you can actually, assuming it converts at a decent level, which your summit is currently doing, it's conversely very good. Like usually average, I would say, you know, if you get like five percent, that's considered pretty yeah. good. Like three to 5% is, I mean, some people are getting that and that's good, but if you even have people up to 30% in some industries, that's insane. I mean, that's, you know, you need to, you know, have a really good offer or be in a niche for people like they might not be used to seeing offers all the time and they just kind of make sense for them to just buy it. Then you can get like 30% or, yeah. or something like that, which is very, that's, that's insane. Like from, from opt-in to sale, like 30% conversion rate, which is crazy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, perfect. All right. So then we go through that promotion thing and it sounds like, I mean, if we think about the 80-20, the main thing is the big relationships with your sponsors and speak. Yeah. That feels like the, the biggest leverage point for the promotion of the event. For most people, it is. Yeah. Uh, we have some exceptions where people like focus more, let's say on Facebook ads, if you have... And it's also the strategy is more advanced to do it that way as well. We, we do talk about it in Virtual Summit Master. We have a great session on this and you can even target, if you have some big speakers that have great fan pages and stuff, you can kind of do videos and stuff with the speakers. Like if you do a session with someone on your summit, you can actually do some clips and basically retarget it or you take some clips from the session and they can actually target their pages, which can be effective. I know Mitch Asser has used that for his health summits before, before he sold his company recently. So stuff like that can work. It was more effective before, but it can still work if you're doing it. It all depends on the strategy and the niche, yeah. I would say, but it can certainly work if you're doing it the right way. Yeah, perfect. All right. And then we, we move to that final step in the process. Yeah, it's the basically growth strategy. Like how do you grow from there? Like we are, I mean, the summit is great, but usually, I mean, especially if let's say you're doing it for me, you're doing it now to grow your business to scale, to get more people coming in and get more awareness for your brand and all this. But if someone's starting out, you need to leverage that momentum to take that further. That's kind of how you scale from, let's say, no business to multiple five figures to six-figure business. Or if you're, you know, want to scale up, you take your business from, let's say, the six-figure level to the seven-figure level. So what can you do? Continue those relationships. Make sure you thank speakers and partners and everyone who was involved. I think that's pretty powerful. Uh, things what what else can you do obviously with the evergreen aspect of the summit you can i mean there's different things you can you don't have to do everything right away i want to stress that uh, you can also survey your audience i think there's some things you can do there if you don't have i mean either way you can survey them i don't always do it like if i know the audience very well i don't do it right away like with a survey mm -hmm. but i think if you haven't done it like before or you're doing the summit for the first time or if you have a new product you want to launch i think it's very powerful to survey your audience i don't do service too much anymore for kind of VSM related things. I've done like so many services. I have all the data, I have it organized and stuff, so I don't need to do it. I know all the objections and stuff I face because I have calls with people every single week, every day pretty much. So I know all this. But if you don't, you need to do a survey. That's why it's powerful to build an audience. And then you can do a deep dive survey based on asking them, what's your single biggest struggle when it comes to this? Or uh, even if they didn't buy your Olaxis Pass, you can ask them, why? what's the single biggest reason you decided not to invest in 
the premium pass or all access pass. So you know a little bit more about them and you know kind of what they might be open to buying from you in the future. You don't ask that question, but you can organize those responses and then you can improve your copy and messaging over time. So that's important. The next thing is you can repurpose all this content. We call it the VSM multiplier method. So it's basically the only thing you can, you know, as a host, if you have really optimized systems and processes in place, you can basically just do the session itself. Like you, you do this. I mean, David, you're doing this now. You can transcribe this with rev.com can go out. You can basically have someone on your team creating the social you know, quotes for social media and stuff like that. So this can kind of go out like all over the place, can turn into a blog post where you talk about something I said in the session or other speakers said on, on the summit, stuff like that. You can create like even this roundup where you list different things that were important. I mean, it can be a lot of different content from this can even one summit, especially your summit is quite a lot of sessions. You can turn that probably into one a year's worth of content. Yeah. For different different channels of your business. And that's why I recommend anyone. I mean, I, that's why I had this call before we got on here. He wanted to do a lot of other different things. I was like, a summit can give you all of these things. It's not like summit is necessarily better than starting a YouTube channel, but the order you do something in matter. I think I, I'm a big fan of YouTube. I love it. I'm going to go all in on YouTube, but I wouldn't have, that wouldn't have necessarily been the best thing to do to grow the email list quickly from the very beginning because it takes time to build it up. It's like the long game. And I think with even with summits, like you grow from summit to summit as well. So I think that's very important. Then obviously the evergreen aspect comes into, you know, you can repurpose content. You can turn even a live summit into an evergreen summit. And that's a whole different thing. I don't know if you wanted to touch anything on that or any personal questions you wanted to ask if you were interested in it. I don't know. Look, let's, I reckon we can do that because that is almost like a separate session in itself. And we might get you back for an encore or something like that. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, that's very advanced, but like the way we did list building school 2.0 is very advanced. So I just figured if you, if you want to know anything around it, I mean, I can share a little bit here. If you well, want. Let's, let, let's cover some high level things just so people kind of get the idea of what you mean by an evergreen summit. Yeah. I mean, the thing is like what I saw back in the day and kind of, like, kind of what a lot of people have seen is that summits were done and they were basically great during the live summit. And then when it was over, it just started to collect dust in a membership site. And that's just <laughs> quote unquote, collect basically people might have, might go through it and stuff, but it was like, it didn't add so much value to the world after the fact. And that's kind of what I wanted to solve. And then I looked at different people doing summits at a very high level, even the million dollar summit level. But the same thing happened there. They just had it in a membership site afterwards. And in some cases, they offered like five sessions for free afterwards. Like, okay, great. But that doesn't convert well. I mean, mm-hmm. if someone, I mean, if you go to a page, if you, I mean, especially if you've seen the summit before and then you come into a page and you have five sessions for free, it's not so compelling. And also if you could have gotten everything for free before or whatever, you probably won't sign up for this or won't be as compelling. But if you have like this evergreen experience, so let's say you go to the page and in 24 to 48 hours, this starts and everything is automated. And you're not lying to anyone that says, hey, it's live or anything. It's not like this fake experience. It's like actually real urgency built in because we're using some tools like Deadline Funnel is a, is a very powerful tool we're using to accomplish some of this. And basically people sign up and then they go through the whole experience exactly the same way as if it was a live summit that happened during a specific date, basically. That's kind of the experience we're simulating with 
an evergreen summit. That's a true evergreen yeah. summit. Then there's variations of this. I'm not going to get into that. There's different ways depending on kind of the email provider you use. If you're using a tool like Active Campaign, you can do a lot of cool stuff, but it's more advanced. You need to use webhooks and all this kind of stuff to kind of set it up properly. But you know, that's what we have virtual summit mastery for to just give you automations like this. And, and to my students, actually, we are doing a debrief on the Spilling School 2.0. So you're kind of going over that entire funnel that, you know, no one kind of guessed it in the beginning, unless they were in my community that it was evergreen. So I guess that's a good thing too. Like it, it just, the experience looked like it was completely live, but we didn't lie about it. There's no fake about this at all, which made me feel, feel good because people got amazing value. And at the same time, I could, you know, focus on other things in my business while the summit was running. I could focus on you know, instructing the partners to promote it or whatever I did, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. And then some of the magic starts to happen when you create one of these funnels and you then start to learn your numbers, you know, how much it costs, you know, for you to drive cold traffic, get them to opt in, what percentage you're converting, you've got the back end offers all sorted out. Then that's really where you reach ultimate scale. If you don't have to rely on anyone else for traffic and you can buy traffic, then you're in a magical place. Yeah, and also you can actually do occasionally, like if you have a summit like this, or you can turn it off occasionally too, you can actually have some live promotions. I think that's underrated. I think no one has really done it the way we, no one has actually ever done it exactly the way we launched the Spilling School 2. But I had another student actually, Steven, he launched a sales funnel summit. He launched it evergreen. He didn't really launch it with partners in the same way. He launched it with Facebook ads and it did pretty well over time, but He's just focusing on other things. So basically, no one has launched a summit like this with partners. So it was a little bit risky. So I would not recommend anyone start out this way. I would recommend you do a live one first, get your numbers you know, clear and make sure whatever you are doing converts well. And then you can turn that into an evergreen version. And then you can also optimize over time. You can actually switch out some speakers, maybe put some speakers in a vault or a bonus library and then include some new speakers on the summit. Maybe some speakers didn't perform well, so you can swap them out. I mean, it's okay to do things like that. It's like you have your audience's best interest, so you can actually do whatever you want with the summit to make it better and better. So that's our goal. At List Building School Tumpo, though, and the summits we have come, we have other summits coming up too. But So that's kind of what we do. And I think most of the summits I do, unless it's like, a specific purpose. I think most of them will be evergreen because we know our numbers and I think it actually converted better than our like, really successful live version we did a few years ago for the same one. So yeah, yeah. that's yeah. kind of what I'm really There's excited about. There. A lot. I think it's no matter where someone's up to in their journey, as far as growing their business, I think virtual summits fit in incredibly well. It's a great sort of testing ground if you're kind of just getting started and you want to learn. If you've got a more established business, it's a great springboard from a strategic point of view. Think two or three moves in advance. Like yeah. one of the big reasons I'm doing uh, this particular summit for the Business System Summit is I've got a book that's coming out sort of early next year. So doing the yeah. summit first to connect with the speakers, build up more yeah. of an audience, like you, you then start to think strategically when you place these because it's just a great way to build excitement, re-engage the audience, get, deliver a tremendous amount of value, connect with amazing people. So it's, yeah, look, I'm quite particular with things that I work on and, and I've, yeah. I mentioned it at the start. I'll mention it again. <laughs> we'll, we'll put some links, but the Virtual Summit yeah. Mastery, you've yeah. done a fantastic job on it. Like it is just a rock solid course that delivers well beyond the price someone will pay for it. 
Yeah, I mean, I appreciate that. And I mean, as you said, I mean, actually, I have calls quite a lot with people who say they want to launch a book and they want to do well or they want to sell books. But, you know, like you need an audience and that's what you're doing. You're building up bus first. Like, I mean, I even have someone right now, I think in VSM, he's actually launching a book and he's doing a summit to kind of push more people to the book. So I think it's a fantastic combination to even do that. And put, and also get people into backend products and stuff like that. So yeah, this I mean the opportunity is really endless. Like what you can do when you build an audience who are really engaged and you know have a buyers on your list and all this, and then you know they're gonna continue buying from you. They they can turn into repeat buyers, and that's very important. You don't need to actually always look for new people all the time, but actually converting the people you already have on your list. That's kind of you know underrated, I think, and what more people should be doing. And that's what the summit can do for you. I think the other big takeaway for people looking at the work that you're doing, the big lesson that you're teaching, I think, is picking that one particular area that you end up mastering, doubling down on that, iterating, 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 and then that's what's creating this fantastic outcome for people who go through the course. So I think that's you want to try and get really good at something, and you've gotten very good at virtual summits. Yeah, I mean, I think that's something a lot of people, they try to, I mean, don't get me wrong, I've been <laughs> not necessarily guilty of it, but I have always, I have a lot of ideas and I'm, I'm also quite good at many things within marketing and, you know, different, I, I could create a course on, you know, how to do a course, even if I wanted to, I haven't done that, maybe I will do some accelerator at some point, I just haven't had time, I focus my time on basically scaling the virtual summit mastery program, I also do my own summits and stuff, but Obviously, there's always kind of when should you go into that next thing? I think yeah. you should really have dialed in so you have all the aspects of your funnel done. So you might have a book on it. You have, let's say, a virtual summit on the topic or at least leading into your funnel. Then you have whatever you know else, like a course, like a premium yeah. course. You have a coaching program and then a mastermind, which could be a little bit broader, but I think all this is powerful. So you're going to take people through that value ladder and that's what we are doing. We haven't even, I haven't launched my book. I'm also going to come out at some point <laughs> with a book. We have all the content and stuff for it, but I haven't kind of put it together. But that's kind of something on my list to do as well. So I want to have a book out there. So it's kind of part of the whole value ladder. And then, you know, we have the program, coaching program, and then a mastermind at some point. Then kind of all the steps are, you know, pretty much yeah. done for this funnel for virtual summit mastery. And we have done this for a few years. Like we have a lot of students, a lot of success stories, but kind of focusing in on this and we are known for it. If some, you know, like Ryan Levesque would recommend someone to do a summit or even if he would do a summit, who do you think he would reach out to? Because I've been in his mastermind. I've been in his world for some time. He would recommend me because he's seen the work I've done for so long now. So that's kind of the power of doing the same thing for a while. If I would have just kind of focused on, general online business or whatever mm. online marketing it wouldn't have been the same it would have been very hard to recommend someone because there's a million people doing the same thing yeah i think that's the key you to be referable you want yeah. to pop up into someone's mind as that guy or girl who does does this particular thing so i think it's yeah it's un, it's totally underrated but you can actually go broader over time like when you have mastered i mean there's so yeah. many examples of this like Amy Porterfield with 
Facebook. I mean, does she focus on Facebook? And not? I mean, she talks about it sometimes on our podcast, but mostly she talks about online courses and webinars and stuff. I mean, look at Lewis House. <laughs> Even yeah. he focused on LinkedIn in the beginning. Now he's like this, you know, like, in, I don't know, like he talks about anything like on his podcast with the, like greatness and stuff. I mean, it's like personal development more. I think he still focuses some on his courses on webinars and stuff, but it, you can like really do, like go really specific in the beginning and you will build a successful business. And then when the time is ready, it might take you a few years, you know, 10 years, then you can actually pivot to something else and, or have the same thing, but actually become known for something else as well. So that's, that's pretty underrated. I think more people should be doing that and more people will, would build successful businesses that way. Yeah, perfect. Well, I know it's very clear there's, there's a deep amount of knowledge here. I'm going to make sure I put some links through to the Virtual Summit yeah, yeah. Mastery course and some other yeah, I mean, links so people can follow you. But if people want to find way out... way right now, actually, if, you, if they wanted to get a little deep dive into... We have a masterclass, actually. I don't know if, if you're interested in even working or seeing a little bit how we can work with people. If you're interested in doing a summit, I think the best way... You just sign up for a training we do. It's, it's kind of on demand, so you can sign up, you know, Whenever it suits you, we have a few times available. If you go to, I think it's like summitmasterclass.com. That's a good way to kind of get introduction. We also have a cheat sheet somewhere you can download. I, I'm sure you can link that up. I think it's summitcheatsheet.com or something. So we have a few links like that. But either way, we have a few resources. We have some free information on my site and stuff you can kind of dive into when it comes to summits. So a lot of content. There's a great uh, PDF I remember seeing, which does like the mind map. I don't know if you still give that one away. Yeah. The, the blueprint is not out, but we have a cheat sheet which basically yeah. breaks down the steps. And then we have the new masterclass, basically on-demand masterclass, which people can sign up if they are interested in working with us and you know, potentially you know, getting into Virtual Summit Master. That's the best place to sign up for it because then you can sign up for a call with me personally and we can discuss a little bit your situation. Then we can see if it's a good fit for you to go through the same process as David and his team yeah. is doing with this summit and you know, host your own. Perfect. Well, a big thank you, Navid, for your time and effort and work. And I appreciate you being so free to share your process with everybody yeah. here today. I know they'll get a lot from the session. Absolutely. Hopefully everyone enjoyed it and we'll talk soon. Ciao. You've just been listening to the System Hub podcast. Remember, we've documented this system for you so you can literally swipe and deploy it within your business. Head to www.systemhub.com forward slash podcast to download it now.